0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash genre.
1: Over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, or Kindle.
0: That's audibletrial.com forward slash G-E-N-R-E. Weirdo Bookworms Unite!
1: We want to share our love of genre fiction with you.
0: Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us.
1: So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading.
0: Hey, John Junkies, it's Sandra. And this is Scott. With another episode as we're marathoning our way through <laughs> October, the
1: best month of the year,
0: and celebrating with some
1: scary, scary good books. Yeah, we've got so much great stuff for you this month. It's been a lot of fun, and we've still got more coming. You lucky devils. Besides the fact that I'm on two other shows that Scott produces, we are very busy. October has become like... Like crunch it's it's crunch month.
0: Yes, and that is the <laughs> cult show on YouTube or via podcast and also spooky slumber party.
1: You know what though? It's a lot of fun. It's 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 a big celebration of our favorite month of the year.
0: Absolutely. So, um a little little fun little fun fact for the week um i watched a movie um it's a shutter original and exclusive uh, if you have the shutter channel which i hope you all do if you have access to the shutter channel because it is well well worth it and it is called spiral um it is very very good i highly recommend it it is um
1: we actually did talk about this last week.
0: No, I talked about it on The culture. We
1: talked about it th- last week because I said, oh yeah, is that the one that I walked in on you watching? Yeah, it looked good. That's my review of it. It looked good.
0: My God, are you serious? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm
0: losing <laughs> my goddamn mind. Was in my- okay, that's go. <laughs> so I wish I had some... Very <laughs> exciting or good to share, but I pretty much just dedicated the week to to doing the shows and to reading the book we're gonna talk about tonight. But I do have some some movies on the horizon I'm looking forward to. We also have not started The Haunting of Blind Manor yet, and it's getting it's getting tight because the spoilers are looming. We got to get to it. That's the next chapter in the Haunting of Hill House series by Mike Flanagan.
1: I somehow that went over my head. I didn't know that it was out. We have to watch that as soon as possible.
0: Yes, and this one's based on The Turn of the Screw, which is, um, of course, a beloved classic horror short story, which I I liked quite a bit. Um, and yeah, I I don't know. I just I hear it's really good. I hear it's really really good. He, I love him. He's such a trusted director for me.
1: Well, my big my big exciting genre related thing this week is I finally played a few rounds of the popular game Among Us.
0: Yes. You will stop about it.
1: It is so much fun, guys. If you wanna pick it up, it is completely free to play on mobile at least. Mm-hmm. Um you can you can purchase things to get rid of ads and things like that. But it is a really fun game. If you've ever seen The Thing, yes. it's a similar idea from that. It's 10 funny-looking little spacemen have gotten into a crash, and everyone has their own job to do to get the ship off the ground, but two of you are not trying to fix the ship two of you are trying to kill everybody else and you can vote people off and it, it's a lot of fun
0: i love the premise of that i love anything that's like the the thing which is one of both of our favorite horror movies it's wonderful john carpenter movie um, there's a one that's even older than that too and john Carpenter's is actually a remake but um uh, the remake is utterly fantastic the first
1: one's good too but it doesn't have Kurt Russell in the gang. <laughs> and Claymation, I'm assuming. I don't think so. Kick-ass clam- Claymation.
0: I remember that. Okay, so tonight we are talking about a novel that has a huge, huge amount of buzz. It was on my most anticipated list of 2020. Um, so this is pretty pretty cool to get to be part of talking about this book as it just came out. And that would be Stephen Graham Jones's The Only Good Indians let me tell you about it. Seamlessly blending classic horror and a dramatic narrative with sharp social commentary, The Only Good Indians follows four American Indian men after a disturbing event from their youth puts them in a desperate struggle for their lives. Tracked by an entity bent on revenge, these childhood friends are helpless as the culture and traditions they left behind catch up to them in a violent, vengeful way. And I love this blurb from the publisher a tale of revenge cultural identity and the cost of breaking from tradition in this latest novel from jordan peele of horror literature stephen graham jones
1: what a fan what 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 an amazing simile the jordan peele of horror literature
0: yeah i get what they were going with there um well jordan peele's amazing i love jordan peele and i love uh stephen now um i had only read one novella from him so this is my first time reading a full length novel from this author um should i you've been going first lately should i go first please do so this book was for me an obsession this is yet another book <laughs> that is trying to worm its way into contender for book of the year for me um which is i mean i don't <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna be able to pick a book of the year there's a few books that are just st- standouts for me this year. And this one was uh, no exception. Um, I found it incredibly moving and beautiful and also really gory and disturbing. Um, I absolutely love Stephen's prose. It's incredible his writing style, his structure, this conversational attitude with which he communicates to his audience. A- absolutely brilliant. I just I can't say enough good things about this novel. This is one of those like I said everyone everyone's getting it for Christmas. <laughs>
1: I this book was nothing short of obsession for me as well. It has this way of worming its way into your head. Yes. Where um, when I wasn't reading it, I was thinking about it. I had a not even a nightmare, but a dream related to this book that was very um, powerful. It's hard to put my finger on exactly how effective this is at creating a level of of dread and and confusion and guilt and just makes you feel all of the emotions yes and and you feel empathy for those who maybe you shouldn't and you feel hatred for those who also you probably shouldn't it's a very complex book with with complex characters um particularly the four uh men in the story as well as the entity that is involved mm-hmm. with the story is very complex and you and you you appreciate and dislike all of them equally <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: well they you know we've we've talked about this so many times take a shot if you've heard this one before listener but um we as as a people we love flawed characters because we are all flawed characters and sometimes those flaws are deeper and worse than other things but that's what makes people real and unique and i i i I can't believe that these guys aren't real that these characters aren't real i'm like yeah they're real they're totally real um I had a feeling you were going to really like this book for a few reasons. Um I okay, so I can't really it's so hard to articulate. Stephen's writing is not like Stephen King's writing. However, there is a similarity in the storytelling, where they'll talk about the backstory of this place or this person or this thing, or they'll give you a lot of details on a thing. And it's because they're like building a rapport with you and i of course for me that was you know kind of familiar and refreshing totally totally different but it's that same sort of thing where they they build this relationship with you author to reader but i knew you would like this because these are dudes <laughs> 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 like um not saying any other books we read are not like this because sometimes they are but they're beer drinking outdoorsy um you know, just kind of like dudes and they say things to each other and they make kind of gross jokes at each other. Sometimes (laughs) like there's like a very, and these guys are our age too.
1: Yeah. They, I um related to the main characters in a lot of ways in in that in that sort of way, and it's not to say, oh yay, finally a book that's focused around dudes because we all know <laughs> there's plenty of those, but
0: for, <laughs> at last something <laughs> for us dudes, you know.
1: But but something about this, p- partially because of their age and just you know being Your interests, yeah, and, yeah. I did find it personally refreshing. In yeah, that, and you know. <laughs> I feel kind of guilty saying that. But I don't know. There's there's something about there's something about them that was just uh honest.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it's just because that's where this book comes from, is this place of great honesty. Um so the way I was raised in school and stuff is to say, um, indigenous or first nations and i believe that's still uh the politically correct terms yes and and Um, it's
1: and this is actually touched on in the book as well but um the characters if not the author make somewhat of a statement about you know, th- that is what they're comfortable with. Is yeah, Indian.
0: Yeah, and just just so FYI, and of course, I, if you've not heard the phrase before, there is a phrase that the only good Indian is a dead Indian. It's an old phrase, that's obviously not something you should be putting on a bumper sticker. Yeah, it's, um, it's f- horrifying. not
1: appropriate. But
0: um, that's where the title comes from. And I'm still dissecting the title mm-hmm. a little. I know it's deliberate, um, obviously, there's a weight to it that I'm still unpacking. There's a lot of this book I'm still unpacking.
1: This book is rich with uh, symbolism and double meanings. Yeah. Uh, that uh, I, this is really the main reason why I give it an obsession score is yes. because uh, there's so much to to garner and gain from it.
0: It's, it's meant to live with you for a while. Yeah. Maybe your whole life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just the... It's not just the... Uh, uh, the the own voices experience that's kind of written into this which mm-hmm. i did find um you know very ed- educational i guess absolutely but yeah but that is o- that is not the central focus in my experience to what is so powerful about this book either. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot of um, existential questions, spiritual questions um, as well as just uh, raw emotions.
0: And um, I shouldn't, if you're, if you're put off by dudes, we understand there's actually some good femme stuff in here too. Don't worry. I, <laughs> I should put that caveat like there's there's some good girl power.
1: Well, I going love on. all the women in this in this book, Me too. Uh, but all of the women are absolute saints. Yeah, they're they, amazing. They're saints. <laughs> uh, I, they're not presented in a complicated way because it they are viewed through the lens of the men in this book. And You think so? I, that is that was my uh, ex- opinion of the the representation of most of the women in this book. Oh,
0: I don't know if I agree with that. Um I think that the women in this book are very important voices. Um I don't I don't think I quite agree with that, but I might have to save that for the spoiler section. That's fair. Yeah.
1: Um, but I love the female characters in this book. Oh, so do I. yeah I, I, I'm um i I realize that that me saying it that way makes them seem like they are one dimensional, and I'm not, yes, and I'm not saying that, okay. I'm saying that they are presented from a lens through the eyes of the men who love them.
0: There's some chapters where the men aren't narrating there though
1: i I understand and I and and I'm not referring to that character
0: hmm. okay those characters huh okay it's I don't get it then it's I guess we'll have to wait for the spoiler section
1: I think we're gonna have to go into the spoiler section to go into a little bit more detail because okay. stay tuned uh, people as we are as I am editing out of this episode Sandra brought. Uh, a very good point in regards to uh, the representation in this book. And I am thinking of a different set of characters. So
0: stay tuned. <laughs> what could they possibly be talking about? Well, if you've read the book, maybe you'll know. Yeah. And I, gosh, you guys, I cannot implore you enough to read this book, Um, which really kind of gets me. I can't really say much more without saying my uh, appeal as well, which I think is mass- mass appeal for this book um i think it'll be hard for some people to get through because there's some parts that are not for the squeamish (laughs) this is a horror novel this is a horror novel however i think that it is incredibly important it's a very very important book um i i have had the privilege to in my middle school and high school career do units where we studied, um, native people literature. So that's something that's like near and dear to my heart. I'm not an indigenous person. As far as I know, (laughs) I still got to do that thing. Everybody does where you lick the Q-tip and send it in. But as far as I know, I'm not. And and
1: culturally you are not.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but, uh, I think that this sort of literature, this sort of voice is one that, though it'll be different from country to country and continent to continent, and even here in the United States, from state to state, the indigenous peoples of where we all live, whether you're in Australia or Canada or wherever you are, there is a lot of underrepresentation for these voices and these authors and these stories and they're still really going through it <laughs> lest anybody forget so it's important to take you know if you're like a non-native person to take that step out of your shoes and into somebody else's shoes and hear their story and we can't we can't forget to do that On occasion because that's how we learn that's how we learn and that's how we grow in compassion is to hear other people's stories plus it's really freaking scary intense and good
1: (laughs) um i i am going to agree with you and give this a mass appeal uh i think that it should be read by a great many people and, and and can be read by a great many people yes um there is some some of some of the horror in this book, one scene in particular, uh is up there at the top for me as far as uh, uh imagery that distur- is disturbing.
0: Oh, my stomach turned. Yeah. My stomach turned in a part of this book.
1: But I think that it is framed in such a way that it is it is not gratuitous, whilst even though it is it is incredibly disturbing, it is not gratuitous in a way that is Perfectly acceptable to be in a horror novel. Yeah. I, I feel that it, it is it is symbolic, and it is important to the story and important to the imagery that is being presented in the book.
0: I uh, absolutely agree. And I guess we'll give a tiny spoiler at the top. Of the spoiler uh, section? Yeah, of uh, a trigger, mm-hmm. a tiny little spoilery trigger. But, um, you know... This book is meant to make you uncomfortable in many ways. And that's part of the journey of it. So there's so many ways it's meant to make you uncomfortable and rock you to your core. And I agree, like, I'd be fine if the violence was gratuitous. (laughs) But it actually has a lot of substance behind it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! What else can we say to sell this book before we move on? Um, it's so hard to target an audience when it's mass appeal, isn't it? Like, just
1: read it. Just read just the damn read book, it. people. I, I feel like giving it a mass appeal score is the is the easiest cop out that we can make because we don't have to. Ju- we don't have to. Uh, to then figure out who should be reading it. It's just like, yeah, are you listening to this? Um, do you have friends? <laughs> You should all read it.
0: Or maybe you had a friend once.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, like, you sh- you listening to it should read it. Yes. Your friends should read it. Yes. Your family should read it. The kids just- in high school should read it. Yeah.
0: Like, this book is important and, oh, so moving, and also just great horror. Great horror. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about this book with everyone I'm going to shove it it down their throat i don't know how i'm going to talk to them when it's in their throat but yeah i'm shoving it out good stuff, <laughs> they, it's need, good stuff. they need it okay everybody please please uh join us in the spoiler section we'll give you that little trigger warning and we'll just gush about this incredible novel enjoying the show Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at John Junkies, And don't forget to visit the website, JohnRejunkies.com. Welcome to the spoiler section for The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones. Um, Let's get rid of that little trigger thing right away. So first of all, this is a story where bad things happen to animals can't be avoided and that's just what you might need to know and it's hard and it's sad but it's real well-written stuff for a point mm-hmm. and there's also some stuff about women's bodies that some people might find a little triggering as far as uh pregnancy or yeah <laughs> yeah i mm-hmm. guess that's just b- the best way to put it yep. okay without further ado let's get going <laughs> um Oh, this book. I mean, I could have highlighted the entire book. I, I I was one of those where at one point I was like, okay, I have to like stop because- <laughs> I, I, I
1: noticed that point in the book when I was reading it. There's this.
0: one point where I highlighted a huge passage because it just, it resonated for me. I read it a couple times through. I actually read the last like quarter of the book, like twice because I was like, oh, that is good stuff. <laughs> That's like real good. I got to I got to hear that again. Um, Where to even start? Where to even start with this book? Um, Well, I
1: I wanted to start with our conversation in regards to uh, the women in the book.
0: Okay. 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 Um, So PETA is obviously a big part of Lewis's life. Yes. She is in a way a part of all of their lives because she's this white lady he married and they kind of see it as like, you know, kind of this way he got to run away. Yes. So that's important. Um I appreciated how much she loved and supported him.
1: She's wonderful. Yeah. She is she is like just absolutely wonderful to him she and he and, knows
0: it too and like, he knows yeah. it yeah he doesn't like take advantage of that and,
1: and she's really the one that i that i really thought of when i'm when i was saying that um there are women in this book mm-hmm. and, and this does not apply to the elkhead woman and to Denora.
0: uh-huh
1: who are who are presented in their minds and are complicated yes. characters, but uh, but Peta and um, even Shaney uh-huh. and um, Joe, Kate's yeah, girlfriend uh-huh. a- and Joe, they are all the best thing to have ever happened to these people, <laughs> right, right. Uh, you know, Shaney there's a little bit of a complication where she's clearly kind of interested, in interested, little- which is which is not not a good look, but <laughs> she's not a good look. <laughs> But she's still just like a, a a you know she's not a bad person she's not right, a bad I mean. person yeah uh, and, and Peta is just way above and beyond cool and accepting and yeah. understanding of him his culture and his 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 mania really
0: right and just kind of lets him do the things he he needs to do for the person he is um yeah i mean denora is completely and utterly her own character and ends up being representative of indigenous women in this country and kind of a figurehead and that's incredibly important and powerful and elkhead woman represents this really fierce mother archetype um in a really beautiful fearsome way nothing, you know, kind of uh, cheesy, soft, n- like lame mothery yeah. about it, very fierce. And then also is, oh my gosh, so many layers upon layers of being an indigenous person and culture and tradition. She represents a lot of things.
1: And when when you were talking about the the meaning of the the cover of the the, the name the title yes. of this book, obviously, like so many things in this book, I do think that it has a double, triple meaning. Yes. Um, the way that I read it, the strongest is that is really the mindset of the elk head woman.
0: Mm. Mm, maybe
1: is it you know the elk? Th- there is no conversation in this story of like the you know the magical thinking. Oh, you know the elk understand that the man needs to eat and so they, you know, accept the loss. It's like, no. No, they don't. They yeah. th- they, they, do not want to be killed and eaten. Yeah. There's no reason, in you know, to for them to be killed and eaten. There's no circle of life mindset to the elk world. It's, right. hey, these people kill us. Yeah. And that's not okay. Right. And I first of all really appreciate it coming from that direction Mm -hmm. so and so that is really like the way that i see the title the strongest is in the mindset of nature really
0: i like that a lot i also see it um i i I like that i also see it as like you know kind of taking back that really derogatory phrase
1: Mm
0: -hmm. um you know kind of a tongue-in-cheek like sort of way um and that you know maybe that's the way it used to be like oh the only good ones of this type of people are the dead ones but now it's like it's so important that they live and their culture lives and that they you know have this balance of contemporary world and tradition that it's like it's the opposite (laughs) of dead is living i don't know i hope you guys are following me on this because the end of the book is so incredibly powerfully powerful and uplifting and it has everything to do with living on yes um so that's where i was kind of coming from with it so i guess we should kind of go a little bit through the book um so each character gets a moment in the spotlight yes um So, I guess where I kind of actually want to start is more this kind of meaty middle ground here, which gave me a lot of feelings, and that is hunting. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of feelings about that. You guys know I really like animals, and I don't like eating them. (laughs) It's a thing with me. But um, I understand, and please, if I've never said this before, please, please know, I understand that me not being able me not eating meat is a privileged thing Mm. it really is um and that's just the truth um i'm lucky enough that that is something i get to do but that's not the way it is for everybody um i also do understand cultural significance for folks all over the world with eating meat and with hunting it's hard for me as just who i am to justify that um But I understand it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean I have to accept it, but I get it. So there's kind of this whole thing with hunting in this book. And there's a part of it where you see the like benefits and the cultural significance. And then there's also the part of it where you're like, it very clearly presents in the book of like kind of unnecessary and unfair to the animal.
1: And there's so many references to um, meat just being frozen to the sides of the freezer and yeah. eventually it's given to the dogs. and that just doesn't feel right.
0: No. And like they kind of make it clear that that's not really the way they were raised. It was to, you know, to give and to share. Um, with like elders and to use every part that they could to make things not wasteful. And uh, I mean, the fact that they're hunting where they're not supposed to even be hunting. Mm -hmm. So it's like they're in this guise of tradition, but they're actually breaking tradition. They're
1: breaking tradition by making it kind of a game.
0: Yeah. So that's part of the whole thing, right? Like weighing those two two spots. So we don't get to know Ricky super well. It was so funny because this is one of those books where I thought the book was all going to be about Ricky and from Ricky's perspective. Me too! And then, plot twist, Ricky's dead.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you there's not a lot of Ricky, but what I appreciated from that section of the book is it really does set a tone of the mindset of, um, this is kind of what the world views us as yes, and uh, yes, even though it's not, even though it's not true, mm-hmm. it, it, some of it is also Some of it is internalized by society, and even though they know it's not true, even though it's not true, um, there's kind of there's kind of like a uh, what do you mean by true? The stereotypes. Oh, okay, because I mean the racism is true. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no. The 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 racism and prejudices. Absolutely exist. I'm saying that that the things that are put upon oh, like indigenous people, Indians don't get cold or yeah, yeah, exactly. are yeah. they are they're 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 not based in truth. They are stereotypes. Yeah. Um and all of those things are in a lot of ways projections. Yeah, like I, I'm sorry. There's nothing. There's nothing. There's no character traits that these men have that I have not read in other books that i haven't even necessarily known in other people or, or
0: heard people say yeah or yeah and it's like you hear it and you're like mm, that sounds racist i yeah. don't think that you're kind of a creep but people do say this shit.
1: yeah and it's been said for so long there's there's an almost internalization of just like Oh, well, this thing that I do that everybody does, that all human beings do, this thing that I do, well, everyone's looking at it like, oh, look at this. This is something that we do. Right. And it sucks.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, We we sense that a lot of how he, Ricky being out in the world, um, away from his community, he's very much, it's him against society. And it's it's unfair and that's how he's had to live and that's how you know he's always ready for a fight he's always ready to throw down he's always you know he knows like how to get out of a tough situation because he's been unfairly put in those
1: it also sets the stage of stephen graham jones being an excellent writer of action oh my god he's a Perfect. I can visualize Perfect. the way that he, you know, grabs a hold of the bumper and slides under oh, the, the car to do a one eighty. It's like, yeah. oh, brilliant.
0: Um, well, and a a great indication of Ricky and you know why he is the way he is is you know you he yelled to the truck to all the trucks to all the cowboys just north dakota and oil fields in america in general and it's so perfect because it's like yeah when you have to live your life with a freaking target on your back Mm -hmm. like it's unfair and it's one of those things where it's like you know i don't know if i would be like totally compatible to be friends with ricky but (laughs) i care about him Mm -hmm. and i feel so much like he's been done a disservice by society you know so when he dies i was like what like that doesn't seem right and then you know we we get the elk's perspective on all of this that's part of that beautiful complicated stuff because you feel for him that he's had to have such a tough life Mm -hmm. um so and that's great the way he uh the way he goes Um, And
1: then that leads into a very slow build-up. Like you kind of said, like a Stephen King sort of situation. Yeah. The difference, though, between this and Stephen King, in, in my take, is this book always stays very much in the moment. Yeah. Even when it's telling a story that happened 10 years ago, mm-hmm. it's telling it in a way that is emotionally effective of, of the character in the moment in time that they are currently in. hundred
0: percent. And that is a the theme of the book is um, the past and how it manifests now on an individual level. And for these guys, because they are First Nations people, how the past has- represented who they are now and formed who they are now that's a huge huge part of the book um so then we meet lewis who i god lewis is so complicated because i adored lewis in a way i feel like i'm married to lewis (laughs) what (laughs) um you know what i mean though where he's just he's a guy and he just seems very i don't know likable he's got like you know he's he reads a book, he's a reader, and there's some great reader stuff in his whole thing. And he, you know, he's just does stuff around the house, and he does this, and he does that, and he's into his projects, his motorcycles, oh, he's got his friends, he's a nice, sweet guy, you know, all that. And then you learn about this thing that he did. 10 years ago. And it it infected him
1: with so much guilt.
0: More than any of the others, there is this cloud of guilt on his heart. And I felt for him, but I was also
1: angry at him. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. You know, on the one hand... As the one who felt so much guilt and really did want to do the right thing after what happened. It's also appropriate that he is the first one and the one who brings the elkhead woman into this world. He's yes. kind of the only one who could do it.
0: Yeah, who kind of midwifes her into into the now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this part, too, about when Harley bit Jerry. And he says he didn't know what he was doing when the whole world hurt <coughs> He didn't know what he was doing. When the whole world hurts, you bite it, don't you? Another just perfect example.
1: Great. That is that is like frame on the wall quote. Yeah, there.
0: Um, of course, the things that happened to Harley absolutely devastating. Yeah, um, I was so upset. Um, but I knew, and it's, you got to put your trust in the author. You have to put your trust in in their hands that this is all happening for a reason to further the story. And that's really important. Um, how about, okay, first of all, first of all, <laughs> so if you already didn't have whiplash from Ricky, not being the narrator <laughs> of the story, essentially, how about <laughs> when Lewis kills Shaney? The f-? Oh my God. I was like, this didn't oh, happen, man. right? This happened in his head, but it didn't happen in real life. It's
1: so sudden. Like he's clearly going, he's clearly becoming manic and he's just like-
0: He's going a bit mad.
1: Yes. And and you don't really know exactly what he's going for, but like the scene has become very tense and he's like doing things that are really not explainable. Like why why is this so important all of a sudden? And then just, he. it's almost like the author just- just very carefully slips it in there, and then her hair gets stuck in the stokes, and her neck breaks. I'm like, oh, what? Is, boy, whoa, what is happening? Yeah. Where, how did we get here all of a sudden? Right, right.
0: And does that really happen when you break a person's jaw? The teeth pop out.
1: Not that I'm aware of. He he, he does it twice. Well, he actually tries to pull the teeth. Like he he is.
0: Yeah, but the teeth like they get loose when he pops the jaw.
1: Um, I, that is not something I'm familiar with. Can
0: someone tell us? <laughs> <laughs> is that what happens because that was f- horrifying like just teeth rattling around and he's looking for the ivory there's no ivory bro so then well we're again reeling we're reeling from did this really happen did he really kill Shaney? <laughs> how can he take this back there is still tons of book left yeah then we lose pita
1: we lose saint Peter.
0: and he completely loses his mind However, so we're still reeling where it's just boom after boom after boom. And then to draw his portion of the book to the to a close. Halfway
1: did you, through the book. It's
0: real. It's real. Like, he, I mean, yeah, he is losing it. He's cracking up and he's done wrong things. But there is actually something supernatural
1: happening. Oh, here. for sure. What I found the most brilliant about this book is I feel like it could have ended basically right there. You know, like a lot of books would have would would have taken the easy way out and said, okay, this is all real. And yes, he birthed this calf. And yes, we all know that this calf is going to reap revenge on everybody else who's involved. Mm -hmm. But what he what he does is he ends that part of the story and then creates and fleshes out and, and revels in this elkhead woman's revenge.
0: Yes. Um. She has her own chapters. Yes. Um. And there is such significance to the elk head woman is us as the reader because it's written in in such a way that it's you. It's
1: written in second in, in second person. Yeah. Which is uh,
0: bold. Very rare. It's bold and it pays off. Um. There's something to that, right? Like that's a deliberate choice he made as an author to cast us as
1: her and and he jumps into that perspective in the middle of perspectives yes so it'll be third person perspective like but but very internalized of what a character is thinking yeah and then in the middle of the paragraph even it'll switch to second person
0: how his mind works shows how brilliant he is as a creator as a writer, um, because it's so smooth. And I know I'm sure a lot of that has to do with good editing as well, but such deliberate times to be in points of view. There is something too about <sighs> cultural inheritance that the elk woman throughout the book, she remembers all the things of the elk, but she also knows what basketball is.
1: And is very and, good at yeah, it.
0: Yeah. And she also knows... What this thing is, and what that thing is and and what this means. and it's because she, as a spirit, lives in all of these beings,
1: yeah, so it's really deep <laughs> i I found that to be the most spiritually affecting part of this book is yeah. the way that she describes the knowledge of the herd and the way that it's that it's just it it is known. <laughs>
0: Yeah. you know they
1: they learn and they share and it and you know this is not a a you know elk don't have conversations like you and I they don't hold a classroom and say okay so this is a train yeah and this is what you know it does and yet animals ha- collect collectively do develop a knowledge for things that oh this is not this is not safe oh this is something yes. Uh, this 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 blue this metal bin here is something we can get into, and there's going to be food inside. Or this is a wall that jumps out of the ground and you know traps us.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and I I feel that Stephen is making a simile there between you know the how the elk how a herd of animals you know develops this kind of hive mind and remembrance, same way as how a culture of people do. I did catch that as well, especially
1: towards the end, there's, there's a point when one of the characters, they're kind of jawing back and forth and he's like, is that just something you made up? And he's like, isn't it all? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it sounds right. Right. And it probably, and and therefore it probably might, probably might be right. Right. Somewhere, somewhere along the way that, that feeling, that that ritual was just inherited all all peoples
0: everywhere yes. have this they have like a cultural remembrance and an inheritance and there is a weight to it cuz it comes with good and bad things
1: and and i mean even look at the similarities of cultures of people who are you know oceans apart yeah um you have like you have cultural roots uh from Across the ocean, yeah. in regards to saunas.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: which have been taught to me.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and really, the ideas behind the sweat lodges. It's the same. It's the same. Yeah. I mean some of the some of the ritual is different but a yeah. lot of it is actually very, I was surprised yeah. how similar it really is.
0: Right and it's because somebody taught somebody taught somebody taught somebody.
1: And eventually it stopped being just a lesson and just yeah. being this is
0: how it's done. Yeah. Um it's so interesting as the history of humans march on that we have we've you know we've interbred and we've you know like we've We've got all this stuff going on, but that coach, cult- some of that cultural identity and that um, significance, the responsibility it carries, and it's so incredible. It's not something that, like, I don't feel you can quantify with science. It's something just so uniquely a living things thing. And and he does a really good job at exploring these concepts that are very hard to put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, the part that made my stomach turn in this book is Lewis back in that day with the elk and the just bladder and the, the milk scene. bladders and the whole, oh my God. My stomach was literally in my throat. I, was, I, I felt like I, you know, it was one of those scenes where you're like, I've just got to get through this scene. I've just got to just read this and get through this scene.
1: It's an incredibly visceral experience yes. that
0: Nick Cutter vibes.
1: Yeah, it shows the the horror that really is um behind butchering and things that you can you can um you can that that comes from that, which is why um you know, earlier in the non-spoiler section I I said that the the most horrifying scene which is which is him with um with Peta and Shaney. Yeah. It is a reflection of those same things that were done to the elk. Yes. And okay, if you were not horrified by that, yeah. if that is a if that it seems more natural to you, because that is something that you are more used to, you are accepting of, which I'm not putting judgment on that. Uh, right. I'm a fisherman. Yeah. If he was describing that and it was a fish, it, I would be like, "Well, yeah, that's that's just so kind a of
0: fisherman." And he's a mediator. That's yeah.
1: just kind of how it works. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. How do you feel about that if it's actually a, a human being? Yeah. And someone who you love because make no mistake i feel the way that Peta was written was to make you no matter what Uh unconditionally love love her and love who she is right because she's a very good person because she is an incredibly good person and to to see her go through that and And then butchering is just wrenching
0: yes and because that's how it was for the elk (laughs) that's how it was for them and on a microcosm macrocosm the way that colonizers and the military treated indigenous folks absolutely disgusting inhumane unbelievable because they didn't treat them like they were loving living things
1: they didn't treat them like they were human
0: or even alive (laughs) or even you know it's all this stuff is so microcosm macrocosm which is Something I love. I love it. I love it. As above, so below. That's how I that's how I do. Um <laughs> So Gabe and Cass are interesting boys. I really do like them. Um they stayed on the reservation and they've been trying to make their lives for ten years. Good times, bad times. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um... Gabe's doing a pretty good job of it.
0: Yeah, he has Cass a cool is, girlfriend. They have a... Yeah. You know, they're trying. Um, They're... They seem happy. I love that they have horses. I'm very jealous. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, poor... Poor Gabe, he's kind of the ne'er-do-well of the group. You know, like he he's always looking for the the get rich quick scheme type of guy. You know, he's the one that's like, "Oh, if I just do this, if I just, you know, kind of cut this corner or, you know, kind of do this thing, and it's like it just it doesn't work out for him." You know, and it's like, "Ugh, you hate to see it because you like him." And it's like Why you got to be like this? Like, you know, you're at the point now where you can't go to your daughter's games.
1: See, he's actually the one that I probably like the least. Um,
0: I mean, I would say, too, because I, I don't love that attitude in people when they don't you know, kind of live up to a potential, but at the same time, it's like he is funny and he well, yes. loves his daughter. Yes. And like, there's plenty of stuff that's redeemable about him.
1: Yeah. And cause even like his interactions with Denora, they're not, um, they're not even grossly problematic. I mean, he himself is not, um, he's not like a model father and so it's you know it's not like their relationship is great but he's not but he does truly love her and and, he's so proud of her so proud of her
0: yeah and it's like it's like he knows he's kind of a up Mm -hmm. and he's like but she's not though like she's got this yeah and it's a lot riding on her you know but he he just he believes in her and believes in her carrying on all the good about him
1: yes which she does
0: (laughs) yeah i love that they have their their smirk Mm -hmm. i thought that was really cute um yeah so they're the two that we don't really spend as much time with um those two guys
1: no but at the same time you get kind of one of the most raw uh treatments when it comes to them because of their experience in the sweat lodge yes like they are they're, they're the most honest, at, at, finally, at one point in their yeah. feelings, in a weird sort of way. Right.
0: This novel does a great job of all of the supernatural things. They're definitely real, and it's definitely happening. But there is a almost magical realism touch and thread to it, where, you know, because then at the end of the book, we start having... The old man's perspective. Is telling the story? Yeah. And so there's kind of like this bending reality a little bit mm-hmm. to it, which is so cool. So, so cool. But before we get to the old man and that stuff, Denora is amazing. I love that little girl so much. I she, love her. She's fantastic. She's everything. <laughs> she's everything. And she's so smart, she's clever. She's strong. She's brave. And she's real good at basketball. She's so good. I have never thought I could read someone, write basketball. And so in, in such detail
1: too. Compelling. Every dribble, every turn, every shot. It I mean, was It was incredible. I mean, he basically wrote a 19 to 16 game of pickup ball shot for shot. Yes. And, and like, that is impressive. And it was this really
0: kind of beautiful, you know, retelling of, like, a legend, of, like, a tale, you know, where the the warrior has to face a, a devil. It, it,
1: it was. Like, yeah. I, I thought of... um you know johnny and his violin like it's it, it, it was it johnny what is that his name about? um devil went De- down to De- Do- De- devil went down to georgia
0: oh sure but, or any he's t- any a face-off
1: yeah. with the devil
0: any tale where it's like that where it's like you know it's the person against the entity and they have to use their wits and you know everything like that to to outsmart them and but it was it's fun because it's basketball yeah and it's contemporary and it's with this you know kid
1: um but she knows that like somehow deep down she knows that there are real stakes to this game
0: yeah and not even just people's lives but there's something bigger going on
1: for i believe she says it's for her people
0: yeah um so of course, it's really difficult in this moment because I love Denora and I don't want anything bad to happen to my precious baby. But at the same time, I love the elk woman and I'm like, she's not going to stop until she like gets her revenge. So then we have this really crucial, spiritual apex moment when she finds her child and goes to shield them mm-hmm. and... Denora puts up her hand, her stepdad puts up his hand, old man puts up his hand. And <laughs> I have no words. No more. Yeah. Um there has to be an end to the madness, you know. It can't just keep going on being an eye and an eye for an eye forever. And of course this is kind of part that i highlighted it's the indian way of saying a thing is over it's what he used to end every meeting with when he was trying to pull gabe and Cass and ricky and lewis back keep them alive it's what he would have told his grandson if he could have and it's like they they carried on pieces of it of the important ways the old ways the traditional ways but they also kind of lost their way and it's important to live in the now, in the modern world, but you have to keep some stuff alive, you know? You have to keep some of that spirit alive and carry it on and propagate it and make it thrive. And in some way, these guys just kind of lost their way. And, you know, I th- I feel like <sighs> that's something that could be said for many different cultures and many different, you know, subcategories of people is that at some point there was someone who was trying to teach them and pass them stuff
1: and there's something it's very sad when it comes to when it comes to these kind of cultural uh these kind of cultural histories where you know you might be raised like like i i i was raised in a catholic household yeah. And with a lot of those values. And I left it behind to become my own person. Yes. In 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 a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Catholics are not hurting for culture. They're not a dying breed, if you will. They're not they're they're not disappearing. Right. And let's face it. People haven't forced Catholics to assimilate. Exactly. Yes. And and that is a that is a, a a privilege and a freedom that i'm afforded it's not a complicated decision yeah for me
0: to be like oh i don't agree with these things so i'm not going to carry on the tradition
1: but this is this is a this is a tradition of a of a culture that has been uh, that that people have been trying to erase
0: yes that has been repeatedly pushed genocide you know like repeatedly tried to be wiped out and there's all this heaviness to the fact that ending the cycle which is even a line in the book but also keeping the cycle going yeah it's like but you have to know what parts to hold and what parts to shed and i think that that's gonna be different for every group of people and that's something that only people in that group can understand yeah um the end of the book made me very emotional because it's you know she does this thing and it says four years from now when she takes the team to state but they lose and i felt like very emotional because i really love this character and i felt kind of robbed of that time with her yeah and kind of robbed of like this stuff she's gonna go on to do but at the same time she does this thing that you know putting her fist in the air this sign of respect that is going to be on silhouetted on thousands of posters all through high school sports all across the land that used to be hers that's Mm -hmm. a quote and it's like i see it's not i don't get to see her do this thing but i just know that she does it and that's a hard thing to put into words but there's a spiritual gravitas around that.
1: Although I would absolutely watch the movie of her from freshman to senior year yeah. and going to finals and losing to <laughs> losing to the team that finally found a way to beat
0: her. <laughs> yeah.
1: Cuz it's like And I don't even like basketball. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! This book is so like I said. I think it actually is designed for you to like pick it apart for the rest of your life.
1: Right. This is something <laughs> you know. We spend so much time in high school over analyzing uh, story. You know, books that were written a very long time ago. This is the kind of book that should be read in high schools now. Yes, cause... and over analyzed. Go for it.
0: Yes. What a brilliant, brilliant gift. Stephen Graham Jones has given to us readers yep. and us horror fans. And he's carrying on the social commentary tradition in horror in this incredibly beautiful, unique way. And it's it's so empowering. And if you haven't yet, please read his afterword. Um, he <laughs> brings up some really important points. Um and you know, even though this is a work of fiction, there are things, like we said, horrible things happening to Indigenous folks in our own country and in many, most <laughs> countries around the world still happening, and educate yourself and learn about the plights of the Indigenous people in your country and what they go through and have some compassion and don't be like these disgusting people that came before us be better be better be best <laughs> all right do you have anything else to add i mean it's
1: almost i will probably have s- some more to add in a couple of weeks when i read the book again yeah we'll do a follow-up <laughs> what should we score this book out of uh uh i would say baskets baskets how many how many uh or free throws free throws free throws
0: um 10 out of 10 free throws
1: 10 out of 10. Sink
0: them. denora sinks them every time. 10 out of 10. I agree.
1: Thank I, I, don't oh, even yeah. have, I don't even have yeah. much yeah. else yeah. to say than that. It's like,
0: it, yeah. It's brilliant. I wouldn't change anything about this book or change nothing. And I had a wonderful experience with it. Okay, everybody. That's, I mean, I'm exhausted. I've got to read another book for next week. We've got to read another book for next week. So oh, I don't know no. how I'm supposed to squeeze in another book and a reread of The Only Good Indians. Week, but I'm sure as hell gonna try. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Sandra. Please keep reading past your bedtime.